There are now just two days left to save on your early bird ticket for Unmade's retail media conference, Remade. Hear the inside stories of how David Jones is launching its retail media network and how the warehouse group has already got there. Go to remade.net.au now. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, harsh words about the market herald management. Telstra's second horse in the streaming race. And farewell to Ita. Unmade. It's Monday, August 28. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning to you, Abe. How was your weekend? That's a... One of those weekends that whizzes by and you think, what did I actually get up to? Um, it's feeling a little bit a little bit under the weather, but I'll tell you what, Tim, I, I, was, I was frustrated. I was a little bit bugged. Would you like to know what frustrated me? Please tell me what frustrated <laughs> you, Abe, because you seem like generally a pretty level-headed sort of chap, so it must have been something pretty wild. And look, it is a, f- a first world problem, but we're looking at uh, moving our EDM platform and... Um, don't you hate it when you get an email from people at a platform with their name at the platform name asking, how's it going? Is there anything we can help you with? Click here to learn more. You email back to say, yeah, well, you actually could help me. Here's, you know, can you match the price of the previous platform? Only to get an email saying, sorry, this email address is not monitored. For some reason, I was just livid. Well, livid is the wrong word, but I thought that's utter brand damage right there. If you've emailed me saying I'd like to help you and then you say, sorry, this is not monitored. Particularly when you are an email platform as well. Exactly. I can see why that grinds your gears. Um, it, what, it, um, and we should name and shame, which, uh, which, which email platform is doing bad emailing? It was Campaign Monitor and I'd been recommended saying it's a great platform, but to me it just felt really inauthentic and I thought if you can't actually have a real person monitoring an email that your funnel emails come from, then surely that's a bit of a, a faux pas right there. Yeah, no, I agree though. It's a problem. I, um, I've definitely seen it happening more. I, uh, you know, I remember back in the day we experimented with doing a similar thing when I was at Mumbrella and sort of a note from like me about, I don't know, a conference or something that but that was just bouncing back. And in the end, I had to put a stop to it because it just felt too inauthentic. Moving on from my grouch, sorry about that to start the morning in such a grouchy way. Good morning to Sedja, our producer. Hello, Sedja. You were out and about for Unmade last week. What were you up to? Morning, Abe. Uh, yeah, last Thursday I was at the Adma Global Forum, so yet another marketing conference, and it had a really great turnout. It was at Dalton House in Jones Bay Wharf, and just to cover that off, Adma is the Association for Data-Driven Marketing and Advertising. So I was there for the afternoon sessions, and what I think everyone was really anticipating was Melissa Hopkins and Mark Ritson's talk. And those were the ones that I was present for. And Ritson offered a really pointed presentation on positioning and data. He did mention that most briefs provided from clients to agencies made very little sense or had very little value. And he had a really amusing line, which was that you don't need AI. What you need is I. And I imagine that kind of triggered some of the people in the room. Uh, did generate a few laughs though, which is good. And, and is he blaming the agencies or the marketers on brand side for the, that problem with briefs? Yeah, definitely client side. Effectively, he said that what they're putting in their briefs is nonsensical. It doesn't 
translate well to agencies who are looking to do effective positioning. Well, we should get into it. Abe, where shall we start this week? Let's start with the Australian Financial Review. There's been a new development in the ongoing saga of the market herald. Tim, you also wrote about this on Friday. What is going on? Yeah, so this is something we've been waiting to drop for a while. As we've been writing about on Unmade, um, there's been various boardroom shenanigans. Um, The MD, Jack Sanger, was... uh, ousted in quite acrimonious circumstances or you know right at the end of last year so this has been dragging on for a while but more recently the takeovers panel which is the 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 sort of body which is supposed to check that asx rules are being followed because the market herald is a a listed company they made a finding of um rather the the terminology is rather bland unacceptable circumstances so what they that they had done was they'd investigated what had been going on since the market herald bought Gumtree, Cars Guide, Auto Trader. Um, the market herald also owns um, as 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 well as those and the brand, the market herald itself. It also owns Hot Copper, which is a sort of industry forum that people discuss, kind of particularly kind of small market cap um asx listed businesses um so quite quite a sizable media player um and yeah absolute uh ab- absolute internal scenes which yeah we 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 wrote about on friday because you know it, it just became clear that um some of the largest shareholders um had really not been properly transparent with the market about um some of the things they were up to and who they were working with which might have had the effect that they that they could potentially have taken control of the the company without paying any sort of takeover premium so there's more in the australian financial review on this this morning they've been talking to um jag sanger who um as i say was was uh ousted now he has not held back uh, labelling his ousters, so these are these include the people sort of like there'd almost been a reverse takeover, um, where um, the people running the market held many of them have come out of um, uh, the the people who were leading Gumtree before, but yeah, denigrated his ousters as in quotes a mid level accountant and a yoga teacher, um, but saying that they've tanked the firm um, shares of fallen pretty much a third over uh, over the last year or so since um since jag went now what we haven't yet seen are the um the latest numbers for the market herald we're in reporting season so assuming they're in compliance i presume they would have to come out this coming week um although they 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 do seem to have been a bit late with a few of their their kind of um reports um so we'll 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 have to see about that but um but yeah um jag sanger is really calling for something to be to be done about in particular the uh, the um the 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 people on the board um and their behavior which he describes as shameful the current board's position is untenable this is a publicly listed company under the rule of law not a private fiefdom ruled by whim and um, you know one of the things that certainly puzzles me is how um Alec Pismiris the chair which is is a role which should be should be neutral on behalf of all shareholders um the takeovers panel found that he was 
um, really, you know, working very closely with the Argyle family, where a lot of this criticism has been made of. Um, I'm frankly amazed that he hasn't resigned. Um, we'll see what happens in the coming days. What do you think the end goal, the end game is for Jag Sanger making these comments and having been ousted? Is he wanting to come back in or just wanting to kind of see justice prevail? That's a very good question. Um, it feels that as long as the Argyles, who have almost 50%, have major influence over the board, there's no coming back. Um, there was a um, second shareholder, um, Duncan Savile, who uh, it's 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 not clear in the takeovers panel report, but clearly was is more just a I think an investor um, who 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 might have been um, you know more open to him coming back. I I think the question is almost a year on. Obviously, you know the the risk of going away is that the the the, the strategy certainly that he came up with has lost a lot of momentum. Um, we haven't really seen the board do very much they've you know they 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 closed several of the th- the initiatives that sang have been working on um and really all that they've announced of any substance is the wrong word but the only thing they've announced is a move into pet insurance which doesn't seem you know massive game changer in the scheme of things so you know they they they've still got a big chunk of money to pay the previous owners of gumtree that's Adventer. um so yeah i don't i don't actually know the answer to your question because at the moment the current management are still very much kind of sitting in there and the the, the you know the current shareholding um so i it, it kind of feels like a few planets would need to align to see him go back next the streaming wars heat up as netflix falters A couple of developments in streaming this week, Tim. First, Telstra's plan for Fetch TV kicks off today. Yeah, and this this one, uh, there's a piece in the Australian Financial Review this morning um, uh, announcing that um, Telstra will be um, effectively making Fetch available to its 700,000 users, whereas previously... the sort of streaming offering it used to um, give to its customers, offer to its customers, was actually made by uh, Roku, which was a US firm. Um, so this is um, Telstra have really got two horses in the race because they own a third of Foxtel, um, which increasingly is becoming, you know, less of a broadcast via satellite platform and more a streaming platform in its own right. And noticing a lot of ads for Binge actually lately. So Binge seems to really be on the promotional bandwagon. Yes, yes. Um, Binge and also KO as well, which are both Ah, owned by Foxtel Group. So Binge, the sort of, you know, sort of general entertainment offering and and KO, the sport offering. So very much it's, you know, on on the kind of the the Foxtel side of Telstra's investment, very much, you know, it's it's making that transition to streaming. And then um, Fetch 
doesn't make any of its own content. It's all about finding stuff conveniently in one place. So they 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 relaunched their navigation, um, or just a couple of months, you know, sort of, you, which kind of you know much improved things. So, uh, you know, people who who use Fetch will be will, will be aware there's there's two devices. There's the the mini and the mighty, um, which you know the, the the mighty sort of acts as a kind of personal video recorder as well. Um, so yeah, so sort of the the idea being, if you've got one navigation place, then you know Fetch could be that place. In the same way that Foxtel are trying to make their argument that theirs would be. So you're seeing this sort of you know unusual thing now, particularly over a, a Foxtel where what what they would have previously considered rivals you can now kind of navigate to uh using the one uh the the, the one handset um so yeah so we'll see um we'll see where um where 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 where, where telstra goes for this certainly uh, for fetch it, it it gives it much greater scale in the australian market and sticking with the afr they've got new data on how the streamers are faring in australia yeah, so this is this is by um, a regular survey by uh, Telsite, which is a research firm. Now, this is a bit of a mixture of um, reported numbers because some people report numbers. You know, last last week we had Nine's results, and they they revealed that uh, Stan now had um, two point two um, million paying subscribers and about. 2.6 million subscribers overall um so those are kind of real numbers um similarly foxtel releases their numbers netflix doesn't release broken down numbers for australia so what telsite does is it it kind of amalgamates the publicly available numbers and then does a survey of the australian audience as well so their kind of best estimate is that netflix is still well on top of the market with 6.1 million subscribers. Now that's actually down 3%, um, uh, which is the first time we've seen Netflix fall in this particular survey. Um, Telsite actually has Amazon Prime as its next biggest with 4.5 million. Um, now Prime obviously comes as as part of the Amazon Prime package, which are a lot of people, an increasing number of people have for home delivery. So that's up about nine percent. Um and it then actually tells our estimates that Disney is next on three point one million. Um and then sort of, you know, closely behind you you've got Stan, you've got Binge, um, you've got again just an estimate, but Paramount Plus now they're estimating Paramount Plus had the biggest jump, actually, up 40, 41% to one and a half million subscribers, which for me, that's one of the most significant things about this survey, if it's true, because that suggests that Paramount Plus is suddenly finding real traction in the market, you know, neck and neck with with with, with Binge, just ahead of KO Sports. So um so that's really quite fascinating. And the other thing is um Apple TV um is really Apple TV Plus is really only um is is kind of four, five, six, seven is is an eighth place with about a million subscribers. Now I I, I heard a fascinating uh, um piece of research out of the US over the weekend where when um 
people have multiple subscriptions are, are asked where they've seen a particular show. Like, for instance, you know, Ted Lasso is the popular one on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, very few people who watch it are even aware they're actually seeing it on Apple TV+. Plus. So there is a, going back to Sedge's point about, or, or Sedge's point about Mark Ritson's point about differentiation, um, that's that that's one of the problems in the market at the moment is that the subscribers are the um the subscription streaming platforms are struggling to differentiate themselves with their subscribers and that's got to be the thing the interesting thing about aggregation we were talking to uh to to foxtel doing that but when you have all the providers on one window on your tv like i have a samsung tv but I'm seeing Samsung, you know, I'm seeing Apple, I'm seeing all the shows at the bottom. I'll just click on one. I might not be aware of what app I'm seeing it from. I think, interesting actually, isn't it? Aggregation then potentially makes all brands become one. And yes. you, know, you think, oh, that's Netflix. I'm seeing that on, even though it's not. Yeah, look, it, it, it does. That's a real question, you know, and it, and it, it becomes quite seamless. You know, I um, one of the things that, that does impress me about the um, the fetch navigation is if you just want to see something, it helps you see the thing. Um, so you, you, you notice less and less which particular service you're seeing it on. So um, that's definitely going to be one of the battlegrounds. Next, all change at the public broadcasters. Some things have changed and some things haven't when it comes to leadership of the ABC and SBS. Tim, let's start with the news that's broken this morning. SBS's boss, James Taylor, has renewed his contract. Yeah, so this one in the City Morning Herald and The Age, um, it actually emerges that Taylor actually signed his renewal um, several months back. Um, so his, his his current term now due to run until uh, October 2028. Um and the, uh, the slightly unusual thing about that is that almost exactly the same thing happened with the ABC as well, with their boss, David Anderson. He actually um, signed his renewal um, several months back as well, and that was kind of um, unreported and you know unannounced at the time. So that's the, the, the managing director of, of um, the ABC. Um, yet there, was, uh, there were far more headlines when... Ita Butros, the ABC's chair, announced last week that um, she will not be seeking another term, so she'll be moving on. So, um, yeah, so we're seeing Taylor and Anderson at SBS and ABC, um, the kind of the day-to-day executive staying in place, but, yeah, a change of chair for the ABC coming up with Ita um, about to go. So what's the verdicts on the Ita and Anderson double act? Yeah, it's been interesting reading. Um, there have been several assessments. There was a good one in uh, from Carl Quinn in the Sydney Morning Herald and the, the Age over the over the weekend. You know, particularly looking at, at Ita, um, and it's it's mostly faint praise. I think you know the argument really is that well, after the disaster that was Michelle Guthrie and Justin Milne as MD and chair, which ended, you know in much bitterness and angst with both of them having to to resign Guthrie because she lost the confidence of the staff Milne because um well Guthrie took him down with her but but made the argument that he'd been interfering behind the scenes so I guess we've had a period of calm or calmness um I think my I, I guess disappointment or criticism um 
about David Anderson is the ABC hasn't moved very fast to adjust to the digital disruption that that has been all around it. So if you sort of go back to Michelle Guthrie's predecessor, Mark Scott, it felt like the ABC was right at the cutting edge of adjusting to 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 the the, the move away from the the analog world so um abc iview was you know was was easily the best product at the time the organization was kind of leaning into podcasts all of those things and it it feels like by playing it safe with anderson steadying the ship we also didn't see a great deal of change so what what we've seen instead is audiences and particularly younger audiences drip away without much of a sign of how, how the organization's going to be reinvented so if there's one thing which um i find a bit depressing about anderson being reappointed for a, another five years is that um it doesn't feel like there's going to be much energy for change or if it does it's going to have to come from whoever the new chair is and then of course you know that that potentially sees you know outsider versus insider and at the abc the insiders always win well that's it for today sedja will be back with more tomorrow with choose data sedja what will you be writing about tomorrow We'll be finding out which media company CEO is making the most, comparing the remuneration packages, and also seeing which salespeople are doing the best job based on their pay packet. And don't forget the early bird discount for Remade expires on Wednesday. If you'd like to know more about retail media, go to remade.net.au. And as ever, we'd love to hear what you think about everything we've just been talking about at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And if you'd like to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pet. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.